So let's dive in. I'd love, my name's Andrew Fish. I'm the associate pastor. I'd love for you guys to introduce yourselves. I'm Jason Church, uh, family pastor and microchurch director, along with... I'm Kim Church, <laughs> and I do what he does. <laughs> we work yeah. together. That's great. So, again, our, our, our mission here is encountering Jesus and transforming cities with his power and love. That is, that's who we are as a body. We are here to encounter him, and we're here to not just keep that in the four walls, but to transform a city with his power and love. That's, that's who we are. So if you're a guest this morning, you entered into that mission today. You are invited into this. So I want to encourage you into that. Like that, this is who we are. And today we're going to do that through developing healthy and stronger and deeper relationships. I just want to put a few disclaimers out. We had three last Sunday. We don't have three. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to say a few things. One, we received a lot of questions. Thank you for submitting questions. Um, this series was based to us. And for this topic and next week's topic, which is marriage and singleness, you don't want to miss that one. It's going to be really good. We got a lot of questions. We were not able to answer all of the questions in one Sunday. So I just want to say thank you for submitting your questions. If we do not get to your question, we apologize. We are just doing the best we can to get through as many as we can. And I think there's going to be some more of these later on down the road. So I want to, the last thing I wanted to say too is we also recognize that, um, you know, we have some people in the room, maybe you're not, uh, maybe you're, this is more about fathers and parenting, and so if you're single, um, you have kids that are grown out of the house, you might feel like maybe this conversation's not for you. I just want to encourage you that there is a lot of good nuggets in this for everybody, Okay. So if you're like, oh, okay, family, you know, maybe I'm not here. Yeah, trust me, there's going to be something in this for everybody. So everybody pay attention. It's going to be really good. Um, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, a good dad joke, right? A good dad joke. Man, I have a I whole mean, book of them. And I mean, I'm telling everybody you, loves a dad joke. Even, everybody. Yeah. Um, so let's start off with a couple <laughs> dad jokes. What do you say? I mean, it's Father's Day. Why you not? need a couple of dad jokes. Why not? So, Why not? So, Andrew, I mean, when, when does a joke become a dad joke, really? I think when it's really corny. Actually, it's, it's when it becomes apparent. <laughs> yeah. It's actually when it becomes apparent. <laughs> and, and did, you hear the, did you hear the one about the two dads who stole a calendar? I have not heard that one. How's they, that one go? Yeah, they each got six months. <laughs> yeah. I felt like we need to start off with that because we need, oh, man. We need to have fun. Dad jokes. Right? Dad jokes are the best. Man. Yeah. <laughs> let's, just all, let's just do a whole bunch of dad jokes all morning. No, okay. <laughs> so since, since this is Father's Day, we, we do want to start and we want to kick this off with a question about fathers. And so I, I'd like to just ask you guys, just pose this to you guys, in what ways are fathers and the role of the father how is that important to a family? Yeah, that's good. I think, I think as far as the role of the father, I think what sticks out to me first is just that male instinct to protect and to provide. Like those, those two, like if you, whether you had a good father or you had a bad father, um, you know, if, if, you, if you didn't, or that may not be a good way to say it, maybe, maybe your father didn't provide for you, he didn't protect you you still feel that longing to be protected. You still feel that longing for provision from your father. Yeah. And so it's like, it's that role that, that a, a father carries in, that, in the household um, is so important. Um, just that, that place of provision to providing that safe place and providing, um, just providing for what the family needs. Yeah, and that may seem like, you know, we're hitting a, a stereotype of what males do. But the reality is, is when God created man, he created the male and female, but both are created in his image, yeah. but we're both different. We're clear on that, how we're very different. And it's okay for us to fall into, if you have to call it a stereotype, that's okay. We want to actually highlight the strengths mm. of dads because they provide mm. a role in our society that women don't provide. And so... Um, as God, he is the great provider. Mm -hmm. He is our protector. He's our strength. And mm -hmm. that is a very, those are male, strong male characteristics. Yeah. And so we want to just bring that to light today That's as Father's good. Day. 
I think another thing that sticks out to me is just that, that, um, that role that a, a father loves to have in encouraging their kids. And, and not just like, hey, great job, but like really putting courage inside of your kids. And, um, and really creating like a platform. Because, I mean, that's one of the things that I, I mean, since, since my kids were born, I'm like, this is a life that's going to become something great. You know, and to speak into that and say, you are, you are becoming, you are something great and you're becoming something great and putting that confidence in them um, to, to launch into something amazing. Yeah, and it looks different for um, how it affects boys and how it affects girls. You know, boys get their confidence from their dad in a, you know, a totally different way. And girls, girls get their confidence by feeling treasured and by mm -hmm. feeling loved and they get that emotional security that they need to become who they're supposed to be to become a, a woman as you know and that is because of their dad doing his, what he does for them to put confidence in them yeah and dads you are naturally good at that you know you may you may not be feel like i don't know how to talk to my daughter or whatever but you know you, you hear like oh she's she's got him wrapped around you know li the little girl has has dad wrapped around his little finger you know or her little finger, whoever that is. Um, I mean, that is that is the treasuring. That's what we're talking about when we when we say a father treasures his daughter. It's that thing of like, oh, she's just so special and almost like it's this precious, fragile thing. You know, she's so beautiful, she's so wonderful, and 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 you just really treasure her. And it's this place of security that it can build um, in a girl and and in a woman. And for both sons and daughters, a father sets the tone for relationships. Like with, with little girls, um, they model their relationships with others based on their father's character. And little boys, they, they interpret themselves, they model themselves after mm -hmm. their father's character. So yeah. a role of the father is super, super important. Yeah, and I think one major role that, that we haven't talked about, maybe, maybe one of the biggest roles is just speaking identity into your kids. Mm -hmm. And I kind of hit that with the whole confidence thing, but really just calling out who they are in Christ, calling out who they are. You know, just like God the Father says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He called out the identity uh, in Jesus. He called as, as a father. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want to say the, the voice of a father is very, very important. It's very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. So actually, um, I would like all of I would like all of the men to stand. So if I'm going to say 13 and up, I'm going to call you a man today. 13 <laughs> and up, I'd like for you to stand. Wow, this is amazing. Come on. I know some of you are not fathers, you're not fathers yet, or you have never been a father, but you play the role of a father in someone's life. And um, God provides, as the great provider, it's, you know, there is no perfect earthly father. Every father falls short in some area, mm -hmm. even amazing dads fall short in some area, but God, as the perfect provider, he fills in those gaps with other people. And you don't have to be the biological father of somebody to call out their identity or to bless them. And so I want you as men to step into this place of someone who has a powerful voice and calls out the identity in other people. So fathers in the house today, we want to say that your voice is powerful and your voice is needed. We need who you are, who God created you to be, we appreciate your strength, we appreciate your provision, and we appreciate your protection and your love. And I speak for women, as we are coming into our intended place of leadership in the body of Christ, we say that we do not need to dishonor or belittle your role and your unique design by trying to take it over or to become your equal. We do not need to be your equal we want to be your partner. Mm. We want to be your plus one, not your equal. Mm. We bless your strength to lead. Mm. Thank you. So good. And as, as a father, I just want to, um, I just want to speak a father's blessing. Um, I think many of us 
um, when we grew up, even if we had um, incredible dads, you know, there's things that we missed out on. And so I just want to speak a father's blessing over each one of you so that as you are raising up your sons, whatever that looks like for, your, for y- yourself, as you're raising up sons, you, you have something to offer. If you never received it, you don't have it to offer. So um, as a father, I just want to speak out from, from Heavenly Father, I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, son. Just let it, let it soak in. Well done. Well done. Man, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You're called to be more than you've been. You're, you're called to be more than you are walking in right now. I see more in you than what you're walking in right now. There's so much potential inside you. God has called you to to occupy the space that you are in right now. He's called you to occupy your job. He's called called you to occupy your place in your friends, in your friendship group. You are a man of influence. You're a man of influence. You're called to be a father. You're called to be a father, and you have what it takes. You have what it takes to be a father. I just feel the the father's heart, God the father's heart right now saying, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have put this passion, this desire in you to father others and not giving you the ability to do it. Those of you who have have kids of your own, blood kids of your own, adopted kids of your own right now, the Lord would not have given you those kids and not equipped you with what you need to raise them up and to do it well. You've got what it takes. As a father, I just want to speak that to you. You've got what it takes. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Well, that's so good, mm. man. <sighs> yeah, I think, I think the role of a father is really important. We, we talked about that a little bit, but it's also mm. under attack. Like, there's a lot of attack with the role of a father. Yeah. And so I think I'd love to pose the question to you guys coming out of that. Um, what, what ways do you feel like we can esteem and, and value fathers? Like, what, what does that look like? What would you say? That's good. Um, I want to start out by saying um, to wives in the house, we set the tone kind of for how everybody thinks about dad, mm. how we talk about him, how we talk to him, and our attitude and our children are going to emulate that. And so I want to just remind you that your attitude at home is super important. And in how, in how your children think about their dads and how your house works, actually. So honor is like um, a heavenly commodity. It, it, it spends. You know, you, when you honor someone, it, it, it brings um, return. So for here's some... Um, so this is not just to wives. This okay. is to everybody in the home. This is like I, I had a little list of things I think that are just practical things that you can do to help your help a father in your life feel esteemed. So number one is speak highly of him within the home and um, outside of the home. Speak highly of him. Specifically praise him for his strengths and his skills. Um, Say what he's good at, who he's really good at. Number two is say thank you. Thank you for fill in the blank. 
It doesn't matter what it is. Thanks for playing catch with me. Thanks for helping me with my homework. Thank you for all the work you did today. Um, thanks for, you know, what, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. And when you're talking to him, or more importantly, when he's talking to you, make eye contact. It's super valuing to someone when you look them in the eye when they're talking to you. And it's um, really, it does a lot for somebody's self-esteem. It's true. Even no matter what their age is, you know? So um, I just want to say his words are valuable, so, you know, treasure, the treasure is words. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think pursuing time with him and doing something with him, um, guys typically, you know, 90% of guys are going to really bond and connect over doing stuff, you know? We like shoulder-to-shoulder time, generally speaking. And so, um, you know, kids, adult kids, pursue time with your fathers and in just doing stuff with them, you know? Um, this is Father's Day. If you, if you have the opportunity, you know, I would encourage you, reach out to your dad, you know? And um, this, is, this is my first Father's Day without my dad here um, on this side of heaven. <laughs> and um, and I, I, I have to admit, there have been some times when I just did the obligatory call to my dad for Father's Day, and I regret that. Um, I had a great, great relationship with my dad and um, did a lot of great stuff with him, and, and I value all of that. Um, but don't ever quit, you know? Don't ever stop pursuing, uh, pursuing time with your dad. And, um, and, and I, you know, I'd say that for, for those of us who, um, who don't have dads here on the earth anymore, um, pursue fathers, um, fathers in the faith. Um, I can remember it wasn't too long after uh, we, we had to put my mom in, the, in a nursing home, and I was just feeling so bad for that. And, um, and Steve came up to me, and he gave me this hug, and he said, he said, Jason, you're a good son. And I, you know, you're a good son. It's like four words, so simple. No, nothing, you know, that profound about that. But it hit my heart in a way. I can't even tell you. It just went straight to my core. And that's what having a father is. And, and so, at sons, pursue your fathers. Spend time with them. That's where, that's where discipleship happens. Um, that's where connection happens is, is through time with them. Um, and then, you know, I also want to say recognize he's a real person. <laughs> it, was, it was a long time before I recognized that my dad was a real person. <laughs> You know, he, he actually has feelings. He, you know, um, he's not just the, the guy who, you know, fills up my gas tank. It's, he's got, uh, he's got real feelings. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful my kids recognize that. Um, and part of that is on us dads, you know, to, to be open and real with our kids. Um, but but as, as sons, um, it's really important for us to recognize that. That's really good. Um, I'd love to just transition just to another question here. Yeah, so we are, we're talking about family relationships, and you know, we've been starting out talking about fathers, but now we're going to kind of bring it in full circle with just parents. Like as a parent, I think one of the things that I'm thinking for, towards, like as, you know, as I'm parenting my daughter Adeline, like what does it look like to establish a routine, um, like, weekly time, weekly devotional time in the Lord, maybe that's daily, weekly, like, what does that look like to establish that as parents um, in the house as a routine? Yeah. What, what would you say that that looks like? Well, your, the first step is to just decide to start. Mm-hmm. Like, that's you good. know, you think, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this. Just decide to start. And it doesn't have to be some big, grandiose, amazing thing. Pick something simple. Pick a book that somebody else has already written, yep. and you know you don't have to come up with it yourself. You don't have to write a Bible study for your children. Just pick something simple, and then figure out what works logistically, what time works logistically for your family. It mm-hmm. could be at the breakfast table or at the dinner table or at bedtime, mm. um, but then just do it. Yeah. 
I know that sounds crazy, but really just deciding to start and starting and, and not trying to be perfect, not waiting until you've got it all together. Just do something. And that's, that's so good. There's, there's so many amazing devotionals out there right now. Like, there's really no reason not to. Because <laughs> there's so many. I mean, you could even, I mean, you could just pick up the Bible and just read the Bible. Or you could pick up, like, the Jesus, you know, Jesus Storybook Bible and just read that to your kids. Um, it doesn't have to be complicated. It really doesn't. Yeah, and as you're doing it, I, um, I want to encourage you to remember why. Why are you doing this? Is it because this is your ticket to being a good parent? Is it <laughs> what you're supposed to do? Or is it because you want to disciple your children? You right. know, that's, that's really the crux of it. Yeah, is so. it that you really care about seeing your kids launched, seeing them raised up? Um, I, we've, we've been using this uh, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 in the Family First sheets. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. But I think this is such a good outline for, um, for how we can disciple our kids. Um, it says, the commandments I give you today must be in your hearts. Make sure your children learn them. Talk about them when you're at home. Talk about them when you walk along the road. Speak about them when you go to bed. And speak about them when you get up. Those four places are actually very key places to disciple your kids. And if you talk to parents who have done this for very long, you'll know, I mean, when, when you're in the car, when you're on the road with them, that can be an opportune time for discipleship. Stuff comes up in the car as you're taking them to schools, you're taking them to sporting events, whatever. Um, great time. You've got a captive audience. Take their phone away. Then they're a really captive audience, you know? Um, Take your phone away, then you're a captive audience. Um, um, of course, talk about them when you're at home. That's, that's a huge, I skipped that one. But I, I just want to say, church is not the place for spiritual formation. Ooh. It's not the place for spiritual formation. It's a place for spiritual formation. But your home needs to be where discipleship is happening with your that's kids. Good. You cannot say discipleship happens in the one or two hours that they're up at church. Well, yeah, teaching your children that God is a part of your everyday life and your all-day life is really what, you know, he's, he's there amidst all of their circumstances, all of their questions, all of their happy times, and all of their hard times. He's a part of the everyday, all-day of their lives. And mm. so that is where discipleship is really happening. And Actually, verse 5 before this is the one that says, you know, it's like the reason behind 6 and 7. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Love him with all of your strength. And that's how you do it. You just mm -hmm. let him become, you become a part of him, and he is becoming a part of your everyday life. So mm -hmm. that's discipleship with kids. That's good. Yeah, that's so good. I just want to say one thing real quick, because what's popping up in my head is, when I was going through my teenage years, like, there was this thing where I was like, I do not want to have family devotional time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, and I think sometimes as parents, like, I could see that pushback. And I just want to say this, like, I'm 31 years old. Looking back on my childhood, I am so thankful. And so I just, I want to encourage you as parents, like, if there's that pushback, like, sow the seed anyway. Get in there and sow the seed anyway, even if it's like, oh, we, it doesn't, it's not convenient, nobody really wants to do it, just do it anyway, because you're sowing seeds that maybe they don't quite get the full picture of it now, but man, in the future, those seeds are going to bear fruit yeah. in right. their life. That's right. And so I just want to encourage that, and I also want to ask a follow-up question about this, because yeah. I think this is really good, obviously family devotional time, but let's, let's take it one notch deeper. Let's, mm -hmm. let's take it into encounters. Mm -hmm. what, what does it look like? Obviously, our mission statement here is encountering Jesus and transforming cities with his power and love. So how, as parents, can we facilitate encounters like our kids encountering Jesus? That's good. I, I think the simple answer is just get out of their way. I mean, <laughs> I mean wow. honestly, kids are designed for this. God created them to have spiritual encounters. God created them for relationship. So that is going to be their natural bent. Um, it's, it's really, doubt is something that actually has to be taught. Faith is not 
necessarily what's taught. They're, obviously, they're, we're, we're directing things, we're, we're helping to interpret and different things like that as things hit them. But doubt is actually what's taught. Faith is actually what's built into us um, and, and sewn into us from the beginning. And so, um, so, yeah, I mean, much of it is just getting out of their way. But, but there is some interpretation that happens, of course, and there's some, some guidance that happens. Um, obviously, we have to set the stage for it also. Um, but, you know, I just think about an example of, you know, if, if a, a kid comes to a parent, which often happens, especially in our, in our community, where it's like, I, I, just, I just saw Jesus, or I just saw an angel, or, you know, like that happens a lot, um, or I just had a dream, you know, um, we get to interpret that for them. And so that is not your cue to start interrogating your child, just so you know. <laughs> you're not trying to find out if this thing was real or not. Just, we can just kind of walk with the assumption that God is speaking to our kids. That should be our natural assumption. Um, and then we can, we can move into um, helping them and guiding them and, and interpreting and, and pointing them to Jesus in it. Um, obviously, there, you know, there's going to be times when your discernment and your wisdom needs to, to play into it. But there's room for that. I'm just saying, don't let that be your initial thing of, okay, is this real? I think sometimes we're a little bit afraid of spiritual encounters with our kids. We're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if they're able to handle this or whatever. Man, they can totally handle it. And, and you just come in with peace and with love, and you say, oh, Jesus totally has this. Because, I mean, when, when angels appeared, what was, what was the thing that they said? Don't fear, Right? That was the first thing that they said was don't fear. So obviously it can be a scary thing even to see an angel, um, even to have an encounter with Jesus. It can be shocking because it's different and it's new, but it doesn't have to be scary. And we can, we can, that's where we can step in and help interpret for them and say, that's awesome. Now, tell, tell me, where do you think Jesus was? What was he doing? And, you know, and helping, helping lead them into that. Yeah, and that's, um, that's kind of hitting the angle from when spiritual encounters are happening and they just tell you about them, but how do you intentionally plan for encounter time? And so um, I just want to say children are way more capable of this than you think. Mm -hmm. And when we first started um, doing soaking in our classes here, and soaking is just, it's just a word that we use for being still and quiet in the presence of the Lord. And um, we were like, mm, I don't know if, if our, our four-year-olds can handle this. Like, the first day we did that, they were totally in the zone and stayed in this place with the Lord. I mean, as a class, for like 10 minutes, we're like, whoa, we did not expect this. You know? But I want to say, this is, how, this is our design. The Lord, it's actually a commandment, be still and know that I'm God. The world is teaching meditation, breathing, mm -hmm. learning how to breathe, just take the time, stop, you know. That's God's idea. And, and the reason why he, it's his idea, he wants us to be still and know that he's God. And mm -hmm. he, we need, our bodies and our spirits and our souls need that time. Even your children, yeah. they don't have as much stressors going on in their lives as adults, but they need this. They need time to stop. And Steve, Steve talks about looking at Jesus. Yeah. Well, if you're never stopped long enough, you're not going to look, you know. And so this is, this is doable, and I want to say it's doable. Start, it's, a, it's a training thing. It's a practice thing. And you can start with one minute. If you have a, a, a two-year-old, you can start with one minute. Explain what you're doing. You can put on some, some quiet music, or it can just be silent. It's okay. And then you grow it to two minutes, and then you grow it to five minutes, and, you know, over time. And you can do this as a family. You can just teach them to do it individually. So it's a skill that's worth practicing because yeah. we need it, and God deserves it. Mm -hmm. so. That's so good. One of the questions that we ask Adeline is, where, where is Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes just practically, like, engage their okay. faith. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Like, engage their faith. And she'll point to a spot in her crib. She'll say, Jesus is right here. Mm. 
And I'm just telling you, there is something powerful about that. Like, if your kid is struggling, maybe it's, I don't know, like, she'll be, like, in an environment, maybe she's, she's a little afraid, and we'll be like, where is Jesus? And I'm telling you, they know where Jesus is. Really good. And it's amazing to see that, because they're, they, they have this encounter with him. So, mm. anyway. That's um, so good, Andrew. That's I really just felt good. like that, that's important. Like, ask, ask those, those, those questions. Yeah. You know, hey, where, where is Jesus right now? Anyway. That's good. All right, number five here. Should I um, spank or punish my kids, or should I just use positive reinforcement? That's a great question. Let's just jump into a big question yeah, here. Yeah, let's just, let's let's just, just break just it open. Jump right in there. You thanks, know, let's just, thanks yeah. for ever asked that question. That's good. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm really not going to answer it like super direct. Um, I just want to say that we, we need to be relating to our kids with honor and with understanding. Um, and so, you know, I would encourage every, every family to just have much more of a relationship model of parenting rather than just this punishment model. Um, and I, I'm not saying that there's not room for consequences. Uh, of course, there's room for consequences. There's room for structure. Um, there's a place for, for rules in your home. Um, but it all needs to be really centered around relationship. And, and, and having a place of honor with your kids. I, you know, you see, you see this a lot of times out <laughs> in public. Um, and sometimes, you know, we're, we're guilty of being those people out in public um, where, you know, there's just people, someone's just yelling at their kid, you know? And it's like, there's no honor there, you know? Um, I wouldn't want to be yelled at like that, you know? I, and, and so we shouldn't be doing that to our kids, right? Um, in fact, I think that's a really good example um, to, to kind of demonstrate, you know, you're out at Target. Target was a difficult place for, for shopping, especially with our, our daughter when she was a, a little one. Throw her under the bus, right? She's not here. Um, <laughs> um, but it was, it was hard. She was a challenge, you know. And, and can, Only in Target. Only I don't in know Target. why. I don't know. I don't know. What was that? No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, was, it was a struggle for her. Um, and, you know... There's times, and of course, you look back on this as, as your kids are older, and you're like, I, I wish I would have just taken the time and, and stopped and asked, hey, what's going on, you know? But, man, I just had 10 things left on my list, you know? If, I, if you could just wait till I get those 10 things done on my list, then everything would be fine, right? <laughs> but that's who, all about who. That's all about me. That's not about what's going on inside her heart, because... You know, just like I was, we were talking about fathers have feelings, you know? <laughs> fathers are real people that have feelings. Your kids are real people that have feelings, too. And they have real stuff that's going on. And, you know, Kim, Kim made mention that, you know, they may not have as many stressors, but their stressors are just as important as our stressors. Like, we can't say, well, you're not worried about how to pay the bills this month. No, but they're worried about other things that are in their own hearts just as equally high stress. Um, and, and they're feeling stuff, stress in the world right now um, that we didn't even feel as kids, you know? So just recognizing what they're feeling. Yeah, and so, like, practically speaking, you know, if it's possible for you to not go to the store when it's nap time or lunchtime, you know, that's great. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes it's sometimes, always lunchtime. Yeah, sometimes it's always lunchtime. <laughs> it's always nap time. But... You, th so you're actually teaching them to be relational if you'll stop and look at them and ask yeah. the question, hey, what's going on? Are you hungry? Are you feeling tired? You know, whatever you think might be. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that we went, that we, we took too long and we're, in, and it's lunchtime, I know. Mm -hmm. I have five more things on my list. You know, because, so we can, so we can, you know, can we get through these things? Can you hold on for that much longer? So you're just stopping and acknowledging their feelings mm -hmm. and acknowledging that they have needs. And so you're not trying to ignore their needs or just rush, rush, rush. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. You know, they, they just need to know they're important. And um, what you're teaching them in that, in that moment is that the world does not have to revolve around them. They are important, but sometimes their needs will need to wait. That's like you're, you're teaching them a lot of things in that moment. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not saying to become a, a child-centered household. It's just teaching them 
this is how life works sometimes, and it's not always easy, but we can still care about each other in the midst of it. Yeah, have lots of communication, and and yeah, because you, you're really teaching them a couple things. Because you might you might skip those last five things, and say, you know what, your your feelings are really important, and and so we're gonna go ahead and go. We have five more things to get, but let's go ahead and go because I can tell this is really hard for you. Wow, wouldn't that speak to a child? But then you're also speaking. It's like. Hey, can you give me five more, you know, five more minutes to get these last five things? Um, and then they get to step up into that place of, okay, it's not all about me. And so you're teaching them and training them and discipling them. Wow, that's really good. I have about seven follow-up questions. Um, <laughs> we need to have these guys just do just the whole thing on that. I would be the first one in line. Um, I think that's amazing, and I want to just learn as much as I can. Um, let's, let's move here. Let's go to number six here. How and when do you transition your parenting style and the way that you relate to your kids as they get older? What another deep question. Okay, well, um, good news. As your children are growing, you will grow as a parent because they're actually, they're just naturally going to require more from you. They're going to be asking for harder decisions. They're going to be asking for um, more freedoms. They're going to be taking up more responsibilities. So if you don't have, you know, if you're worried, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this as they get older, you're going to learn how, you mm -hmm. know. Don't <laughs> so, worry about tomorrow. Yeah. And because you're, you're naturally going to grow just as they're naturally growing. And um, one thing that is really good is to, if, if they're asking for more freedoms, you can actually, you know, c through communication, I'm going to give you, let's see, let's, let's increase your responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And if you are able to handle these higher level responsibilities, then you, have, then you can have some higher level freedoms. And so you're, you're helping them grow in a, in a mature way, in a responsible way. Yeah, and in all of this, you're just really keeping this conversation happening. Mm -hmm. You want to you just keep the conversation going with them. Um, I just encourage just high, 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 high level of communication with your kids. Um, I will say uh, kids need clear boundaries, um, and their, their freedoms and responsibilities um, shouldn't be like, I'm going to give them a lot of freedom, and then we're going to figure out how to do this thing, and, 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 we'll, and we'll trim it down. You want to actually start with kind of a, a reverse funnel. Okay. We want to st start off an upside-down funnel. You want to start off with um, very, very few freedoms, very, very few responsibilities, and grow that. And so, like, what do I mean by that? Well, um, you don't want to give your kid a phone right away, and, you know, it's got everything on it, and it's totally open, and... Um, oh, actually, they can't handle a phone. Now we're having problems, so I'm going to have to take that phone away. Um, I'll let you borrow my phone for five minutes. I'll, I'll see how you do with that. And then, um, and then I'm not taking a freedom away from them. And so a as much as possible, and obviously, guys, we're talking about ideals in all of this, right? This is concepts. These are concepts and, and, and ideals, and, um, and a lot of us, you know, we, we figured some of this stuff out after our kids were already teens, and you just, or, or adults, you know, <laughs> and the Lord has redemption in all of it. Can I just say that? The Lord is a redeemer, and so, um, again, I want to reiterate, we're not, we're not shooting to be perfect parents, okay? Just intentional, just really intentional in our parenting. And so, yeah, start with, start with small freedoms, small responsibilities, and then grow those responsibilities. Yeah, and don't feel pressure to um, let, have your family's freedoms or your child's freedoms match the, other, the family that they're friends with. Or That's good. What's the social norm? Really hear from God. God is the, he gave you you know, ownership of your family. And so you get to choose how quickly you open up those freedoms or how slowly. And every child is different. It doesn't work the right. same for every child. And um, I just want to say, like, with our, with our oldest, we would often say, we've never done this before. We're figuring it out, you know. And, and he Sorry had, you're our guinea pig. Yeah, That's what we he had a lot of grace for us. But then when we get to our other kids, we're like, 
We've done this before, but it's not working we, the same. We still don't know what to do. We're so, still figuring it out. You know, Sorry, you're really, our guinea pig, too. <laughs> We've really, never had so. a third child. Sorry, you're our guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> but they're really understanding, and they, they don't expect you to be perfect as a parent either. They just want to know they're, they're loved and they have, they're valued by you. And then when they value you back, it helps them. It helps their hearts as well. So. Yeah, and, and do say sorry. Like, yeah. really, saying sorry to your kids is so important. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, we, we tr- a lot of times we try, we feel like we have to present ourselves as an authority in our home. No weakness. And, and, no and weakness. not show weakness, yeah. Especially when you've got that toddler that's, like, about to take over the whole house. And you're like, I can't show weakness. I can't show weakness, you know. Please show weakness. Show weakness and say, you know what? Daddy messed up. Mommy messed up. And, and I'm, I'm sorry for that, you know. You're actually teaching them what to do when they mess up. Yes, you're modeling it for them. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so good. Oh, this has been so good. Um, I think we, I want to I just do the beginning of seven. So I just want to get as much seven. as we okay. can. So, yeah, okay. we, 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 again, we have a lot of questions. Uh, thanks for bearing with us here. I just want to get through as much content as we can. Um, I feel like this is really good. So how do you navigate protecting your kids but also wanting them to have relationships with friends and people around them and not be too overprotective? Mm-hmm. I, I would just say get involved early in their friendships. So, you know, setting up play dates with their kids saying, and valuing their friendships saying, hey, your, your friendships are valuable to me. And a lot of times we may not think about that early on, um, but when we invest early in those friendships and, and, and start building those friendships with them together, then when they're older and kind of when the stakes are a little higher maybe, you know, and they start talking about dating and things like that, then you're hopefully a little bit more ingrained into those relationships and into those friendships. Um, so it's not like, you're not coming into something that is their territory. It's our territory. Because we've been talking about this since you were two years old. And, and if you can, be the, be the home that your friends can come to. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting to know their friends, and they're getting to know your family culture. Mm-hmm. And sometimes other kids need different family cultures to know what is possible or what is healthy. That's good. One last thing about that too. Again, God is a redeemer. If your kids are 15, 16, 17 years old, and that hasn't been your culture, it's okay. Talk to the Lord about it because he he has answers for you and he will establish that in your family. Wow. That's so good. I I think this is, hasn't this been good? This has been so good. So I, I just, man. This has been so good. Like, it's so important. And I think one of the things that I just want to encourage us in is, like, this is, it's not that we're like, hey, you know, again, it's, we've been saying this throughout the whole thing, you know, do it better, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, there's, it's, it's about, it's, it's like we said last week when we talked about purity and sexuality, Paul exhorts us all the time, like, maturing and growing. And so this is all a journey. So it's not so like, hey, you know, here's the best way to parent. Do it this way. You know, it's more like, no, here's what we've learned. Here's what, here's the wisdom and things that we've found in Scripture, what we've learned. But this is not like a, hey, you have to do it exactly like this. Does that make sense? This is like a really good opportunity to sit and to learn and to grow. And, to, man, I'm, gr- I'm learning so much just listening to you guys. And so I just want to say thank you to, to Jason and Kim. Thanks for sharing all of that. It was amazing. It's really, really good. And Jason, would you mind, let's just end, would you mind just praying yeah. and just kind of releasing us as, as parents, just release us into just, I don't know, yeah. just yeah, that's whatever good. you feel. Yeah, Lord, let, let, yeah, let's all stand. Yeah, right now, Lord, we just, um, we just say yes to what you're doing in our families. We say yes, Lord, to, um, how you are establish, establishing families right now and um, building communication, growing communication, and um, growing honor and respect um, for, for parents to their kids and kids to their parents. And right now, I just want to break off shame. I want to break off any kind of condemnation for I haven't been doing it right. Um, again, there's no perfect parent. <laughs> there's no perfect parent. But we, we get to be intentional. 
And so, Lord, we just enter into that place of intentionality as parents, as heads of households. Lord, we just, we just say yes to the work that you're doing in our lives and in the work that you're doing in our kids' lives. And uh, I, just, I just also want to ask, Lord, that um, for, for those in the room who are, are single, for those in the room who have grown children, Lord, that they would be able to receive something from today um, and understand um, their place in the body of Christ, that they would step into the place as a grandparent, as a friend to kids, um, um, that they would, they would see their value in the community and step into the fullness of value in the community as, as fathers, as mothers, um, of, of spiritual fathers and mothers, of those who need spiritual fathering and mothering. Um, we're, I think we all need that. And so, Lord, we, we want to receive from everyone in the house and invite everyone in the house into that place of family. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what, what you're doing. Um, we ask for real, even practical um, places of um, breakthrough for, for parents this week. We ask for very practical breakthroughs for, um, for parents who are struggling with, with teens, parents who are struggling with, with toddlers and everywhere in between, Lord. Um, we thank you, Lord, for prodigals that are coming home as well, Lord. We've heard testimony after testimony of prodigals who are, are coming back to you, Lord. And we just say yes to that. And we say, Lord, do it again. Do it again. Yeah, Jesus and we just, name. we just speak a blessing over families in the room. Yeah. Lord, we thank you. I just, this, this thing just keeps rising up in me, like the privilege that it is to be a parent. The privilege that it is to raise up the next generation. The privilege. And so, Lord, I just thank you for that. And we just speak a blessing over families. We speak a blessing over kids. We speak a blessing this morning over each and every one, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. We just thank you, God, for the things that you are, you are releasing into families, Lord, for the encounters. Lord, we, we talked about encounters, Lord. I ask you, Lord, that there would be a, 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 just a shift, Lord, that there would be fresh encounters for, for kids, Lord, fresh encounters for parents, fresh encounters for family this morning. Lord, we just thank you for that, Lord. Even if, you, if you're in this room and you're not a parent, fresh encounters in Jesus' name. So we just release that, and we just thank you, and we just rise up, and we just say, Lord, would you help us as kids? Would you help us as parents? Would you help us to step into all that you have called us to do? All that you have for us, Lord. All that you have. Thank you. Yes, Lord, and I just speak a blessing over parents of adult children. And I just ask Jesus for your grace to to grease those relationships, to oil those relationships, to make them smoother and easier for favor from children of, to the to the parents with adult children, Lord. I just ask for favor on all of those relationships, for your blessing, for um, an ease, and for restoration. I speak restoration yeah. and redemption in, in, in all of our relationships within our families, God. And I speak hope and life right now in Jesus' name to those that need a different level of hope right now. Hope from heaven for your families, for your children, for your grandchildren. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you are the God of generations. Generations are your idea and your plan. And just we just bless the generations in our families. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to say one thing real quick as we're ending, and that is all of us, I was just feeling this the whole time. Like all of us can take what we just heard into our relationships, our adult relationships. Yeah, <laughs> if true. your friend, if your spouse, if somebody is is really like not, you know, doing things in a in a healthy way, we ask a question. What's going on with you? Hey, 
like those basic things to do with children we need to do with each other we need to care and we need to ask questions rather than just wow that's so, so good hey take that with you no matter what season of life you're in that's right yeah i know we gotta i know it's late but there's one more thing i'm just feeling this faith <laughs> in my heart i'm feeling this faith in my heart for kids that are not walking with the lord so if, if you're a parent or if you know, like if, if, if there's a family relationship where you know you have kids or maybe it's extended family or whatever that's not walking with the Lord, could you just raise your hand all across the room? And so Lord, I just want you to keep your hand up and, and we're just gonna pray. Lord, we just thank you, God, for salvation in families. I feel this thing right now. There's this faith in the room for this. Lord, right now, we thank you, God, for salvation, Lord. We thank you for the gospel, Lord, that is going forth in families, Lord. Even kids that are maybe running from the Lord. Kids that, that they just don't know you, Lord. We're just asking this morning, Lord, for a grace. Lord, we thank you that you're going to encounter their heart, Lord. And Jesus, we just thank you, God, for salvation, Lord. For salvation in families, Lord, I'm asking that for every person that has their hand raised, Lord. We're asking, Lord, right now, Lord, that there would be an encounter for that child with Jesus, Lord. We thank you that they're coming home. Come on, the prodigals are coming home. Those that are running are coming home in Jesus' name. And we just thank you for family restoration, Lord. Restore families in the room, God, where there's been a break in relationship, God, where there's been a, a rift, Lord. We're asking for restoration in Jesus' name, and we're placing our faith in that place of saying, you can do it, Lord. You can do it, Lord. So I, I, just, I just ask you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name, and we just ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would encounter each and every person, each and every child, Lord, that, that we are contending for in the room. I ask you that there would be a change even this week, Lord, that there would be a phone call. I just want to encourage you, if you raise your hand, reach out to that person. Reach out to that person. Hey, I'm praying for you. I love you. That's all. It doesn't have to be crazy, but just that communication of, hey, I'm praying for you. There's something that happens that seeds. So I just want to encourage that. Oh, wow. I could feel, I could feel a shift. Anybody feel that? There's a shift there. I'm excited about what the Lord's going to do in that.